You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's great to be back. Uh, A brief reminder before we get started to be sure you stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors. Uh, These are all women leaders at their companies and organizations who bring news, education, and their own expertise from their industries to the show every week. And we are incredibly grateful for their sponsorship which makes it possible for us to bring you these wonderful stories every week. As we continue to expand into new markets, we are always looking for additional corporate partners. So if you're interested in becoming a part of the show, feel free to email me at susan at womentowatch.net. And don't forget as well to download the podcast. Uh, You can listen on any major podcast platform by visiting womentowatch.net as well. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop on all things happening with this show. 
So now I'm thrilled and honored to welcome to the show my guest, Joanna Jones. Uh, Joanna is, excuse me, Joanna is the founder and CEO of InterQ, which is a global marketing research company based in California. Joanna, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, so I guess you're morning and we're afternoon, um, but it's a good yep. part of the day. <laughs> yeah, just getting my day started. I had my coffee, so good. really excited to start my day this way. Good. Well, I wanted to, you know, open the show um, and have you share a little bit about your background. And, and you actually did grow up in California. You're mm-hmm. s- still there. And mm-hmm. I understand you grew up in a very rural town in California with no TV. And I wanted to know <laughs> how your parents pulled that off. Well, it wasn't intentional, actually. Um, I grew up in a little town called Sonora, which is kind of near Yosemite, up in the, the foothills there of the Sierra Nevadas. And we had a Spanish-style house with tile, um, clay tile from Mexico that we like drive down to Mexico and buy. But it was very fragile. So back in the 80s, you couldn't put, um, it was just only those huge satellite dishes and they couldn't put it on the roof because it would have broken the roof. Oh, wow. So we just didn't have TV. Um, Wow. Yeah. And it was actually the biggest gift they could have given us because we were outside all day. There was a big old cow pond across the street from me. I used to go collect frogs. Um, (laughs) But I spent most of my childhood by myself outside playing and Usually, but yeah, usually <laughs> without my siblings, they were older. So um, a lot of alone time. Yeah. So tell me how, um, you know, you shared with me b- being alone that much as a young kid um, mm-hmm. really helped prepare you for um, for being an entrepreneur and for really kind of building that imagination that has really been very um, positive in your role with the company. Talk about Mm -hmm. that and how that has helped you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I didn't have structure growing up. I was, it was literally like just my imagination and stories I would make up in my head. And because we didn't have TV, you know, TV is structure. It's a script that you're given and it takes away from your ability to imagine a story. Um, So I think because I grew up so in my head and imagining things and making up my own stories, um, when I got to the point later in my life when I started a business, I didn't have a script. I wasn't, you know, given this like, oh, we have to do this with your life and this is your structure. And I I was able to think outside of that box, so to speak, um, fairly comfortably because I'd been doing that my whole life. When I talk to people who, you know, people come to me for advice, like, oh, I want to start a business, I want to, I want to do this, how do you do it? And they just, it's so hard for them to let go of this script that they've been given and the structure of a nine to five job and paychecks every two weeks and, um, you know, showing up and knowing what's expected of them, that's very comfortable. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I grew up in an environment where I didn't have that handed to me. I had to come up with it on my own. Um, and so I, I think that, that truly helped me um, be imaginative with like, well, what do I want to do with my life? And um, what kind of freedom do I want? And um, what does that look like? And I, I, I genuinely link it back to the fact that I just didn't have a script handed to me growing up. Yeah, and I think one of the best bits of advice you have shared you know, with regard to that was um, your ability to be really comfortable taking risks and your ability mm-hmm. to be comfortable with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a gift because we all know that there's so very little we can control. Right. And um, 
you know, tell the listeners how, you know, that has benefited you and how they might be able to do that in their own lives. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, also along with that, I was, I spent a lot of time by myself. So you, you learn to trust yourself and you learn to trust your intuition. Um, so when you have uncertainty in your life, um, there's a deeper part of me that I'm like, okay, I think this is going to be okay. I can rely on myself. I can get through this, which happens all the time in business, frankly. Um, so it's not to say that like, oh, you know, unless you grew up the way I did, you can't start a business. Or <laughs> not at all. But I think the lesson from that is that it's really important as women, especially to spend time alone, to use your imagination, to think outside the structures and the stories we've been given, um, and to learn to trust yourself and, and rely on your intuition because so much of running a business um, and taking those kind of risks and dealing with uncertainty comes down to that. If you can truly listen to that inner voice you have, um, it's, it's just massive in terms of you know, helping you fight imposter syndrome and, and all these obstacles that we face. Um, if you can truly just learn to, to rely on yourself and trust that, you know, you'll, you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what was the most challenging for you as a kid. Um, again, spending that much time alone where, mm -hmm. yeah. What was the most difficult part of that? Um, the most difficult part. Honestly, I loved it. I was really happy when I was by myself. Um, I mean, certainly there was, I, I think I missed having closer friends nearby because we lived out in the countryside. Um, I don't know if there was honestly a huge downside to it, though. I think that was where I was happiest when I could just kind of escape to my own world and my imagination. Um, that's where I felt the most safe. Can you tell me, um, so I understand your dad was in construction, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. tell me about your mom. What was your relationship with her? Was she at home, or was she working yeah, she, as well? She was a stay-at-home mom. Um, she was the type of mother who was like, you, go, you guys go outside, call you when it's dinner time, um, <laughs> which was a great way to grow up, too, because, yeah. you know, we, she wasn't, like, following us around, making sure we were happy all day. Like, we had to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my father had a construction company. Uh, my mother was a stay-at-home mom. Um, my father was a third-generation contractor, um, so long line of those in the family. Yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs. At literally every single male on my mom and dad's side was an entrepreneur. So um, you, you seem too young to me to be the child that um, went out in the morning and came back at night. We did that, you know, <laughs> in the 70s, and I'm always telling my kids, you know, how freeing that was. But today, yeah. I don't know that parents are comfortable doing that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 40, so um, I grew up in the 80s, and we were in a safe place. I mean, it was rural, and that was just their philosophy, like, we'll whistle when it's time to come back in. Um, right, or so, ring the yeah, bell. Was, ring the ring bell. The bell. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're going to go into our first break, and okay. when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your time freelancing. Sure. Uh, stay with us for our watch team, and I'll be back with Joanna Jones, again, the founder and CEO of InterQ. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. COVID. For months, we worried about shortages of face masks, ventilators, medicines, but not much attention was given to the very urgent need for blood donations. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, we heard from Dr. David Moulton, Medical Director of the American Red Cross. Donated blood is needed for patients having surgery, those with cancer or trauma, 
Blood drives are often held at schools and community centers, so donations typically drop in the summer when people are on vacation and schools are closed. During COVID, people weren't gathering at schools, churches, and businesses. Plus, the Red Cross plans blood drives months in advance. So during 2020, it was hard to predict what might be open in 2021. Now it's hard to keep centers staffed. That explains decrease in supply. Why the increase in demand? Now hospitals and surgery centers are back to a fuller schedule, catching up on all the elective procedures and surgeries that were delayed by COVID, and some cases put on hold may end up needing more blood. Plus, since 2019, a 10% increase in trauma, and many trauma cases involve massive hemorrhaging. The target to keep nations safe is a five-day blood supply. It's now at only half-day supply. The Red Cross goes to great lengths to protect the patient receiving blood. They test donated blood for HIV, hepatitis, syphilis, Zika, and other infections. They also work to protect the donor. When you arrive, they check your blood pressure, temp, your hemoglobin to make sure you're in good shape. You get lots of fluids before and after to keep you from feeling dizzy. Plus, all questions about your own medical history are confidential. The whole process? Less than an hour. Good news, no cases of COVID passing through blood transfusion have been reported in the U.S. So you can't get COVID by giving or receiving blood. If you've had the vaccine, know the name, Pfizer, Moderna, or J&J. Listen to the entire show on yourradiodoctor.net. Divas, help save a life. Next time, it could be you or a loved one. Find a center where you can donate on redcrossblood.org. Now, the women to watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. With the Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games just weeks away, the world will soon reunite for one of the most anticipated events of our lifetime. Nothing brings us all together the way the Olympics do. And I know I am not alone when I say I'm looking forward to the glory, the spirit, and the pride that the Games bring. And like the athletes representing us as part of Team USA, our service members inspire us every day, which is why I'm thrilled that Comcast NBC Universal has joined forces with the Army and Air Force Exchange Service to stream thousands of hours of Olympic coverage for service members around the world. Through this arrangement, U.S. service members and honorably discharged veterans worldwide can stream more than 5,500 hours of the Tokyo Olympics on NBCOlympics.com and the NBC Sports app, including all 41 sports, 339 medal events, plus the opening and closing ceremonies, and the medal ceremonies, and so much more. Service members and veterans will also have access to NBC Universal's most ambitious commitment to the Paralympics, with nearly 1,000 hours of streaming coverage on, once again on NBCOlympics.com and the NBC Sports app. Coverage will feature the top stories and moments of the Paralympics, as well as athlete profiles and interviews, with a special focus on athletes of Team USA. The Games of the Olympics will take place on July 23rd through August 8th, 2021 in Tokyo, Japan, while the Paralympic Games will run from August 24th through September 5th. Service members can access NBC Universal's coverage from their computers or personal devices by visiting NBCOlympics.com or using the NBC Sports app and choosing the exchange as their service providers. Please share this great news and let the games begin. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm joined today by Joanna Jones, the founder and CEO of InnerQ, which is a marketing research firm based in California. Um, one of the things I, I read about your background, which I thought was so fascinating and, and brave, is that you went to Ecuador and spent two months volunteering in an orphanage there. Mm -hmm. So my guess is that just, you know, was full of life lessons. What What's the most impactful thing you took from that experience? Yeah, it was. It was a orphanage for developmentally disabled children. And so um, there were some extremely sad stories at the orphanage too. I mean, children who were very disfigured, um, who had literally been like left in a dumpster and rescued. Um, it, uh, it left a very profound impact on my life um, in terms of just understanding the amount of poverty and um, lack of resources there are, particularly for women uh, in, in the world. Um, it, it really, uh, you know, it's, I think to this day, I'm such an advocate for, for women's equality and, and access for women to opportunities. Um, and that largely came out of that experience. Um, where women founded firm, I hire a lot of stay-at-home moms or, uh, or single moms who can have a flexible job. And a lot of it is just my this passion I have to give women um, access and opportunity at whatever stage they are in their career. Um, but I, I definitely think that a lot of that came from my experience working at the orphanage. And how did that opportunity come about? Was it something presented to you through school or community or what made mm -hmm. you to decide to go? So my very first job, I was a social worker for Child Protective Services. Kind of shows you how circuitous my career has been. Um, but I thought I wanted to be a social worker. And so I needed to learn Spanish because I live in California. So right out of college, I went to a, a language school down in, in, in Costa Rica and learned Spanish. Um, and I was a bilingual social worker. And to kind of keep my Spanish up and just continue with volunteer work, um, my parents, uh, the church that they went to, they knew this, this family that ran this uh, orphanage in Ecuador. So I signed up to go because I thought, oh, you know, I'll get to help out and uh, work on my Spanish and travel. I, I love to travel. So it was, it, it kind of checked a lot of boxes. Has, have you continued to um, put any efforts into uh, children, you know, as far as charitable endeavors because of that, you know, today outside of your role running the mm -hmm. company? Yeah, I did. I've done a lot of volunteer work. Um, uh, there was an organization in San Francisco that works called Reading Partners, so they match tutors with kids, underserved kids who are falling behind in their reading skills and literacy. But my focus has definitely shifted through the years more to women and empowering women and giving them opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, so in the business world, you know, just helping train moms, uh, you know, women who uh, need that kind of flexibility so that they can raise their child and still work and have a career in advance. Um, you know, this is all pre-COVID when there was no such thing as flexibility, and um, I had an incredibly flexible type of work environment. Right. Um, but I think a lot of my, my focus really shifted to, to giving women um, the ability to, to, to just uh, work in an environment that helped them support their families yet gave them flexibility and also was fun and, and um, you know, interesting work. Yeah, and you know what? Ultimately, I think, you know, we, we have that shared mission, and that 
is what we hope is going to help with all those social sure. issues anyway. Exactly. Right. Totally. I mean, yeah. it really starts with, um, you know, why do people get into those situations and how can you help, um, you know, prevent that just through education, through resources, through empowerment is such a huge part of that. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, your. you know, when you were 30, you were freelancing mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that is, that's a risk, right? Mm-hmm. How did it, you know, there's not that steady paycheck. Right. And um, how did you get your clients? And, and how did you, you know, how did you do that at that time and, and be able to um, be financially okay? <laughs> well, it wasn't really, but um, I was, uh, so I moved back to the, my college town, San Luis Obispo, uh, I'd been living in LA before that, was really unhappy at this ad agency and just wanted to move back to a town that I really was comfortable in. Um, and they let me work remotely, actually, the ad agency did. So I was working remotely, but then I started picking up some side work um, with local restaurants. And and honestly, I mean, at first it was extremely, um, it felt terrifying to me. I'm like, wait, I can do that? I can like, you know, take the skills that I've learned at working at agencies and, and help these companies with their campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it felt uh, extremely intimidating to me at first, but then once I started doing it, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I know, I understand marketing really well. I've been working at ad agencies for a while. And these, uh, it was local restaurants mostly, um, farms. I was really involved in sustainable agriculture. And so anything that was kind of nourishing that way with food was really important to me. Um, a lot of it was just, I had a lot of friends there. So it was through introductions, um, and just kind of networking, I started getting my first jobs and projects. And then it grew into enough where I could go out on my own completely and I didn't have to work at the ad agency anymore. Um, so uh, yeah, it was very financially unstable. <laughs> and But also extremely, that was my first taste of liberation, of um, entrepreneurship, if you want to call it that, in the sense of just being my own boss and setting my own schedule and kind of hustling. and. And I loved it. Like once I, I I got into it and started doing it, that was it. I was like, that's what I'm gonna do the rest of my life. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And you also have a background in I'm I'm not sure the exact title of the degree, but psychology. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm a psychology major. Yeah. And I often say that I think everyone should study You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Psychology in addition to whatever they're doing, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Right. It's just human behavior. And so Mm -hmm. how has that helped you um, 
with what you're doing today, how, how you know, your, your knowledge of, of people and how they work? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I've, I've come full circle. So I was a psych major thinking I wanted to go into either counseling as a marriage and family therapist or social work, which I ended up doing social work. Um, but uh, the school I went to, Cal Poly, had a very strong um, learn by doing ethos. So I did my thesis and an internship with a professor doing qualitative research. Um, so I was helping her code data from transcripts. And then I did uh, interviews with women for my thesis. So I learned the foundations of qualitative research, which is what I do now, mm-hmm. um, in college, and um, used it, obviously, used that degree when I was uh, a social worker. But then coming back full circle now to what I do now, I mean, so much of market research, if interviewing people, um, is, is rooted in psychology and understanding human behavior and cognitive biases. and. Um, so it's it's been a massively important tool uh, that I rely on just from my training in psychology. Okay, we're going to um, go into our next break and talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Stay with us for my interview with Joanna Jones, the founder and CEO of InterQ, and stay with us for our watch team. We'll be right back. Now the women to watch, nonprofit watch. Good evening, Women to Watch listeners. I am Cheryl Mackey, Lead of Financial Empowerment at United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. In the past weeks, I've noted that the wonderful partners I have highlighted have been all Philadelphia-based. Today, I would like to share with you a partner in South Jersey that is doing wonderful things to help the youth in the community, HopeWorks of Camden, New Jersey. HopeWorks was organized in 1999 by members of three churches in North Camden with the goal of offering training to high school dropouts. 13 years after starting the program, the leadership realized that training was not enough to produce successful youth. Many of the participants were either dropping out before completion or simply were not being successful in the program. HopeWorks made the decision to become a certified sanctuary organization, radically shifting their values, priorities, and interactions to a trauma framework. Today, HopeWorks is a social enterprise that uses technology, healing, and entrepreneurship to transform lives. On average, over 99% of youth age 17 to 26 enter HopeWorks unemployed, making less than $500 annually. Youth completing the HopeWorks program make, on average, over $36,000 annually with an almost 90% 12-month retention rate in their jobs. Their unique trauma-informed approach, combined with high-demand, high-wage technical training and paid work experience, helps young people not only get the job, but keep it, transforming their lives and the lives of their families. For the last quarter, the average starting wage of a young person leaving HopeWorks was $42,864. It is evident that the Hope Works and United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey are mission aligned, breaking the cycle of intergenerational poverty. To learn more about Hope Works, how to get involved, or know a youth in their in the Camden or Philadelphia area that would benefit from this program, please go to their website at www.hopeworks.org or check them out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram as HopeWorks Camden. Thanks for listening. I am Cheryl Mackey. 
Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm having a conversation with Joanna Jones, who is the founder and CEO of a marketing research firm in California called InterQ. And just before the break, we were talking about the importance of psychology and human behavior. And, you know, when I was looking at your life and your career, you've done social work, you've done marketing, advertising, and now, you know, qualitative research. And I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you found your niche? Oh, absolutely. Honestly, it's like I can't I couldn't have designed a better career for myself um, between the the running the business part, which is really fascinating for me just from a, a business perspective, business development and um, wearing a lot of hats, you know, from marketing and sales to going through contracts and uh, working closely with clients to then the the social part of it, the, the, the strategy research part where I'm conducting focus groups ethnographic research, working really closely with clients on translating that to business strategy. Um, it just combines so many different elements. And on top of that, we, we work with a huge variety of clients from, like we just wrapped up a project with NASCAR. Uh, we do a lot of work with Delta Airlines. We work with a lot of big tech companies. So um, just the variety of work itself and the, the things that we have to learn and become experts in, so to speak, when I'm interviewing people, a lot like your job. Um, it's just, it, it's never boring. Um, yeah. it's, it's endlessly fascinating. So I truly love it. How, how have you managed to get, you know, the biggest clients? You really, you know, have quite a roster of, of Fortune 500s and big brands, and I'm sure there's competition out there, right? Sure. Yeah. What's your sh- strategy or what, what has been working for you that's allowed you to do that? Um, honestly, my training working at ad agencies, I mean, I understand marketing very well because I, I was... Uh, in that field for about five years um, before I started my own firm. So I I just, I I know how to do marketing and and put together messaging and position the brand in places where it's going to be found by those companies. Um, But truly, I'm sometimes very surprised at some of the companies that we work with and who find us and and then we win the business. So it's, um, uh, yeah, it, it it surprises me honestly. Like some of the clients that we've been able to work with and partner with, um, but it, it did start with just understanding marketing and, and strategy and how to put the brand out there and how to create a brand. Um, I learned that just through working at ad agencies. Yeah, I think um, Joanna, you're a great example of the fact that we can take a lot of pivots in our mm-hmm. career and life, mm-hmm. right? And perhaps end up where we feel we're meant to be later in life, um, what can you tell our listeners, you know, there's a lot of women out there listening, and and I think often, probably young women, especially, and men, think they have to figure it out, you know, at a young age, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? What's my passion? So what would you say to them from, you know, positively from your experience that this is often how it turns out? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was interesting, because my family put a lot of pressure on me to stick to one thing and do it. And I got a lot of flack sometimes and I'd be like, no, I want to do this next and move here. And, um, but that I've, I've taken all those experiences from being a social worker to working at ad agencies to, 
um, studying psychology, even a lot of the multicultural travel work that I've done have completely been a perfect mix for what I'm doing now. So I would say embrace it. Like if you, if you have a passion or interest or curiosity in something, pursue it. And maybe it won't be your lifelong career and that doesn't have to be the goal, but you'll learn something from it along the way. So each opportunity, think of it as like, what can I learn from this? What are the good parts that I can distill from it? And maybe I'll be able to use this down the road. Um, so you just never know like what skills you're going to pick up along the way through different jobs, through different places you live, through different experiences, but all of that can ultimately inform, um, may, may inform what you end up doing. So don't be afraid of that. Yeah, I think, did you have the mindset that, you know, every time you're trying something new um, and moving to something else, it's not a failure, it's an opportunity to learn. So the fact that you're trying over and over and over again, I think sometimes loses um, the va its value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is a, um, I, I don't know if I, I understood it at the time as that, I was just trying to make a living and trying not to be bored with what I was doing so I'd get curious about something else and try something else um, but yeah you just you never know where it's gonna it's gonna lead sometimes um, I want to share a quote because it's actually your your vision statement on your mm. on your home page that um, you want to be the best woman-owned and led research company in North America um, I love that statement it's bold and I want to know, <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. You know, how close are you or how, how do you, th you know, you just launched in 2015, I say just, mm -hmm. it's not that long, right? Yeah, six years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where are you as a company as far as revenue? And I, mm -hmm. I, I know you have a great roster of clients, so. Sure. Yeah. No, we've, we've done very well. We're, we're profitable. Um, we don't have any investors. I've never taken on debt. So it's all just been organic growth. Um, you know, it's interesting, my ambitions, I like that there's, uh, there's a good amount of, of freedom and challenge in the work that we do right now where I'm keeping my team busy. Um, I love that the, the team that we've built up and it keeps them um, excited about their job. And um, again, it's, uh, you know, we pay them well. Um, but yet it's not just we're killing ourselves working 12 hours a day and it's this grind and um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily like I have to be the biggest and the best. It's more of are we doing good work and are people balanced and happy? And that's where we're at right now, and I'm really excited about that. How do you, um, if I were to ask you kind of what is your leadership style? What, what do you do well that keeps your employees motivated and excited to be there? Yeah, um, I really trust the people I work with. I'm not a micromanager at all. I hire people who I know are competent and capable, um, and I give them a lot of leeway. So I'd say it's giving them, it's just trusting them. Um, you know, I check in, I make sure they're good, I'll give them feedback, but um, I think I'm, I'm kind of hands-off actually in a lot of ways because, you know, I trust, I trust the people I work with, and that, that then inspires them kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where if you believe in people and you, you believe that they can do a good job, they will, they'll rise to the challenge. Do you, I'm sure you do, the percentage of women versus men that you have working for the company? 
We have one man. Yeah, it's all it's all women. <laughs> <laughs> How's he making out? <laughs> oh, he's great. He's fantastic, Joseph. He's a report writer. He's he's phenomenal. Um, yeah. So he, he has fun with us. <laughs> yeah, that is really a woman-owned, woman-run. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to go into our last break and, and, and come back. I'm with Joanna Jones, the founder and CEO of InnerQ. Stay with us for our watch team, and we will be back. Coming up next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. I want to talk about the fine line between mental health versus mental fitness. Where does one end and one begin? Because I heard this person today talk about in the 21st century, the mental chatter in our brains has gotten so much louder. And this causes more anxiety, sadness, questioning our worthiness, questioning our stability. And I'm wondering if the mental chatter and the emotions that that chatter brings is being confused in some cases with mental health issues. I believe the conversation is so relevant right now as I see so many high-functioning people needing a mental health break, like Naomi Osaka. And I'm wondering, I don't have the answers and I'm not judging, but do we need to reflect and make sure we're not confusing lack of focus, overwhelm, hard situations or roadblocks with mental health issues? There is more, most likely a very fine line between the two, but many of the high-functioning people might need just to develop the ability to handle adversity, be more resilient, understand their emotions and how to process them rather than be super sensitive to them. What helped me overcome difficult moments was to learn how to actively think on purpose. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking with Joanna Jones. And um, Joanna, people might not be um, understanding specifically that the work that you do as a company is qualitative research. Mm -hmm. There's also tracking out there, companies that do tracking. And and everyone who's a lay person to that industry um, has concerns. And I just would love your your feedback and, and what you think about it, where we're headed and whether you're sure. concerned. Yeah. Yeah, no, I am concerned. I mean, every time you check a cookie box on a web browser, you're like, wait, what are they gathering? Um, no, I mean, the the trend has shifted to big data and every single move you make digitally is tracked and productized and sold to an advertiser, essentially, or used as a way to market to you more personally. Um, I think that's why I'm such a big believer in qualitative research, because we've seen so many times how limiting um, data is in terms of what it actually says about what people want and what their preferences are. So yes, it shows patterns. It shows like this person went to this website and this website and this website. So maybe they're this kind of person and we should sell this product to them. But the reality is when you sit down in a room and you talk to people, whether that's in a focus group or a one-on-one interview or um, ethnographically, you're, you're observing what they're doing a whole different picture emerges. Um, you know, people are way more nuanced and layered than any sort of data point you're going to get from cookie tracking or, um, you know, the, the websites that they visit or the things that they click on. So even more so, and, and the industry is really starting to wake up to this more and more now, that um, qualitative research where you're interviewing people and you're spending time with them and observing them 
is way more fruitful and tells a whole different picture um, than just the data. So we're really starting to work side by side actually with a lot of these big data companies and pull out these stories through uh, qualitative research that totally changes their product development, changes how they position things. Um, I wish that it was way more qualitative leaning than quantitative because qualitative requires consent. Um, you, know, you, you, you agree to be interviewed, you're paid very well for it. People actually really want to give their opinions and they, they want to be listened to. Um, so it's a much more impactful way to not only uh, get data and design products and experiences, um, but it's also, uh, it's, it's not sneaky. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so um, it's, it's just so much of, of the work that we do is bringing those stories to life and really getting to know people and understand you know, how can products and services be better designed to fit their lives? It's not just sneakily tracking them and then selling their data. Um, it's a, I it's would a imagine, yeah, it's yeah. also giving you the ability to know what their uh, wishes, hopes, desires mm -hmm. are, right, for the future. It's not mm -hmm. just in the moment what they're doing. Um, and that feedback is so much more valuable than what, what they happen to buy that day. Absolutely, yeah. And the companies that we work with that invest really heavily in qualitative. Delta Airlines is a big example of that. We do a lot of qualitative research with them. And it shows how much they, they care as a company. I mean, a big uh, ongoing study that we do with them is passenger stress and, and understanding where those stress points are qualitatively for mm -hmm. passengers when they fly. And yeah. Delta then now is developing all this technology to help people feel more comfortable. And that's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, that's truly a company that cares about how people feel when they're uh, in this you know, tube up in the sky <laughs> yeah. and the different emotions you have that, that go through that. And you can't just find that out through a survey that you click on after you get off a plane. It's, it's right. much more in depth um, and layered than that. So, um, yeah, the companies that are truly investing in qualitative are also doing much better from a business standpoint, too, because they're really taking the time to listen to their cu customers and understand those stories um, and then design experiences that take that into account. We're, I'm curious if you if things slowed down for you during COVID or did they rev up? We actually had our busiest year ever during COVID. We were doing a lot of work with eBay, so a lot of online work. So it shifted from being in person to online interviewing. Right. Not nearly as great. I mean, obviously, I pr prefer in person, but it helped us to improve a lot of digital experiences. Um, so we're, we're getting busy again. We're going back out in the field. We're doing in-person research again. But we were very fortunate. Um, you know, but people's behavior shifted so much during COVID, so companies had to do research, um, or the, the smart ones did. So um, there was a, a lot of research. It was just a shift in the types of questions we were asking and um, the, the types of problems we were trying to solve. We didn't get to talk about what you do outside of work. I did read that you were a member of the Wheelman cycling team. Are you, do you still bike? And is that part a, of your, yeah? Yeah, huge. I'm a mountain biker now, not red cyclist anymore. But mountain biking has been the thing that's probably given me the most confidence in my life. It is the hardest, most <laughs> frustrating yet joyous sport I've ever done. And it, it keeps me... Uh, it's where I go out to have my imagine my imaginative time. It's where I get challenged. It's where I get scraped up. I mean, it's it's a great <laughs> metaphor for life too. So, little yeah. bit of a tomboy, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a tomboy, absolutely. That's awesome. And you live in the great place to do that, right? You don't have to go far. Exactly. I live in Marin County, which is the birthplace of mountain biking. So wow, it's great oh, for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, listen, I I very much appreciate your taking time to to share your story and your career. Lots of great life lessons, and I wish oh, you can continued success. 
Thank you so much for having me on. I really, I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my conversation with the founder of iRobot, Helen Grenier. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.